This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And you just heard that at the top of the hour news about the cross-country World Cup that's happening here. This weekend in our town, Theater Worth Park, joining us now to talk about what is taking place. And I know that she's got to be super pumped and stoked that we're getting uh, some snow today and some cooler temps tomorrow is the executive director of the Lopez Foundation, Claire Wilson, joining us here on The Lake Show. Claire, pleasure to have you on the show. Great to be here. You know, uh, tell me first, before we get into the events of this weekend, you gotta be stoked at the fact that you're getting a little bit cooler weather tomorrow and you're getting just a little bit of snow because every little bit helps, right? Because this winter, it has been, I don't wanna say it's been a train wreck weather rise for, for you guys or for those with the Berkey, but with it being so warm, it's gotta be frustrating and clearly an obstacle for you guys to get in, uh, prepared for this. Oh, yes. Uh, It has been a huge obstacle for us. I mean, when we agreed to host a World Cup of cross-country ski racing in February, we thought surely we'd either have, well, you never can count on snow entirely, but we thought certainly we'd have the colder temps to make the snow. So it was a huge struggle to maintain that little ski trail through all those warm days and, you know, 50 degrees and above all through January and into February. So this is it's quite something to see the snow come now. It's, uh, but it's been, it was quite the journey to get here. Yeah, I mean, better late than never, right? Better late than never. Exactly. But, yeah, but, but tell me, how, how much of the preparation, um, you know, when you look at everything that you've had to kind of endure the last couple of months, when did you start to get, like, concerned about, about the warm temps? Was it, was it like Christmas time? Was it maybe yeah. the first, what was it? Was it the first weekend in January? When were you kind of, cause I think that we all kind of looked at this and we said, okay, this is not the traditional winter, right? But we're not going to get all panicky right now. Was there a point where you're like, Oh, hold on. We got to really evaluate this situation and see if we can make this thing happen. Yeah. I think that our panic if I, well, it was a mild panic, but our concern certainly started at Christmas when we lost the trail. I think once that happened, we had that big rain, and the snow that we had made pretty much was was challenged. And that was where we thought, I, you know, we're not sure we're going to have the time to make the snow, to make the course happen. 
And so, and then we made the snow. We had, you know, 15 days of cold weather that allowed us to make enough snow to get a course together. And then the temperature started to rise again. And so there were a couple of moments there when, you know, we had those string of days that were 50 and then the rain came again. Um, there were some moments where we thought, oh, this, they're not going to make it, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, we're talking to Claire Wilson, executive director of the Lopez Foundation here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. The World Cup happening this weekend at Theodore Worth Park. Um, first off, before we even get into the World Cup, for those people listening that don't realistically know that much about the Lopez, tell them a little bit about what you guys do. The Lopet is a nonprofit. We are in the heart of Minneapolis in Theodore Worth Park, which is the gem of the Minneapolis public park system. We operate the park in a private public partnership with the park board, and we offer year-round outdoor access. I mean, that is really our mission is connecting people to the outdoors, and we do that through mountain biking and skiing and being in the schools in North Minneapolis, being with community, and running this beautiful adventure hub uh, in in the heart of an urban forest that, you know, tonight is transformed for the World Cup, but is typically just enjoyed by thousands of families and youth throughout the year. I'm pumped. I can't wait to go pick up my media credentials uh, <laughs> on, on Friday. And, and one of the big names that's a part of this, uh, clearly Jesse Diggins, and she has just been having a phenomenal – last year was a, off the charts for her. I even think that the Minneapolis Star Tribune uh, identified her as, like, the top athlete of 2023. Just talk about the attention around her and her success, what that means to the World Cup. You know, her her trajectory and her success has just inspired thousands of young people to ski and to love the sport. And the fact that this is her home course – that she is an Olympic gold medalist. You know, imagine that you're like the top, you know, Vikings player and you never got to play in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. here we have the top cross-country skier in U.S. history who's not gotten to race a World Cup on home soil. She's She, of course, has stated that it's a dream of hers, and it has been really incredible to see the excitement around this. And, of course, as a young person, she skied this same course it was the first time she was sort of catapulted onto the national scene as she won junior nationals here. So it's a real, I think, homecoming for her in many ways. How many people are you expecting this weekend to, to eventually make their way to, uh, to, the, uh, to the World Cup? Oh, over the course of the over the course of the, of the weekend, yes. we expect 35,000 people to come through the park. And do we know how many participants? Yes, we have over 180 athletes from 21 different nations. Wow, that's 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 off the charts. And, uh, you know, I'm just super, beyond just the fact that it's a World Cup, right, I am so excited because you get a chance to show off uh, the great stuff that you guys do there at Theater Worth. I think that what the Lopez, which what you guys do year-round is amazing. I remember when I used to work in schools before my radio career took off, uh, I know that, you know, the foundation used to come to inner city schools and pick up young people and kids that had no idea at all anything about cross-country skiing or any type of skiing, right, were able to put on the um, the gear, were able to learn how to ski. And I think that that's very, very influential and it's such a positive impact on kids in the inner city. 
Well, that is certainly our mission, and we see thousands of kids thrive when they get to be outside and active and disconnected from their phones and connected to each other, and that's really the joy of what we do here. It's just building community through that connection to nature, and and you're right. It's a joy to put that on the world stage. I just The international organizer just came in and said, there's no place like this in Europe. There's no place like this that we race. And that meant the world to me because I think it's true. We're a super unique place. And to have a nonprofit organizing an international sporting event, mm-hmm. it's really unheard of. Yeah. Last thing for Claire Wilson, executive director yeah. of the uh, the Lopet Foundation here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Last thing for you, Claire, and then we'll let you go. Um, you know, we talk about the obstacles and overcoming them in terms of how warm it's been. And it's not just you in this specific event. I mean, Ben Pop is dealing with the stuff with the Berkey, um, you know, in, in Hayward, Wisconsin. So when you, when you look at everything, do you think that Ben's going to be calling you here over the next couple of days and say, hey, can you please say a prayer and send us a little bit more, more <laughs> snow our way? Well, Ben has an excellent plan for running the 50th anniversary of the Berkey. You know, like like us, I mean, we'll be praying for snow to go their way. Um, but I just have to say, I think all of us have really pulled together this year and, and made it happen for people despite the natural snow. So yeah. I love that we have a little falling in the trees for people to really see the winter wonderland that is Minneapolis. Um but I know Ben, and I know the Lopet, and we'll just keep making great things happen, even if Mother Nature doesn't give us snow. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Hey, Claire, congratulations on uh, getting this all in line and together, and I'm so happy that everything is falling in place for you guys this weekend. I look forward to trying to catch you at least at some point on Friday because I know that you're super busy, but uh, congratulations. Thanks so much, Henry. We'll see you on the trails. All right, take care. That's Claire Wilson joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO, Executive Director of the Lopet Foundation. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, yes, it is Valentine's Day. There's something that you have to, have to partake in if you indeed are part of celebrating Valentine's Day. We'll get to what that is next year on The Lake Show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
All right, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there listening to The Good Neighbor. But there's one thing you guys got to understand. It's not truly a Valentine's Day if you don't partake in dessert. It's not. And you can call me crazy. You can weigh in at 651-461-9226. But for, to, to confirm that it is a true Valentine's Day for you, you got to partake in some sort of dessert. You have to. And by dessert, you mean well, dessert? Well, what is dessert to you? <laughs> dessert could be code for anything. It's not, it's not steak. It's not... You, you, you're trying to feel. You're trying to make this a dirty. I'm program. not trying to dirty. And this people. is this is this no, is it's this a is, family program. PG thirteen. Yes, it is on but, Valentine's Day. But 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 because clearly, if you're in your in your older years, mm-hmm. you don't care about that, right? Like, is, is sex, dessert really the, means the, dessert? The, the sex have to be part of the menu. No, d- dessert is dessert. Like, is that part of your menu tonight? <laughs> so so we're not going to even go there. We're not even. Gonna, you're laughing at yourself. But dessert has. Whether it is cheesecake, yeah. Whether it's um, the most popular thing is chocolate, right? Oh yeah, yep. You gotta have. To, I think it, I think they say chocolate's an aphrodisiac. If if you if, let me say this, if you go to have you take your honey out mm-hmm. for dinner, if you guys have dinner, I don't care where you go, Murray's, Manny's. McCormick's, wherever you go, steak, fish, whatever. Yeah. If you go anywhere and you don't have dessert at the end of the meal, that's not a true Valentine's Day. You're, you're doing, you're, you're doing, you're it, doing all it wrong. wrong. Yeah. You are doing it wrong. And I dare anybody to oppose me. I feel dessert, it's symbolic on Valentine's Day. I mean, that's really what a, it is. It's a requirement. It's, yeah, it's, it's part of it. It is. It's, it is. It is. Yeah, to, to me, it's it's symbolic. You're it's, not counting calories on Valentine's Day either. That's yeah. another thing. That's not a thing. No, no. You're if, if you're counting calories on Valentine's again, you're doing it wrong. It it's always been that way. Like when we go out, we don't ever order dessert. But yeah, on Valentine's, it's just something different about having that. Sweet little end to the meal, whether you're you know, sharing a piece of cheesecake or you know, ice cream with chocolate or whatever. And no one's saying you got to order up like enough for the next three, four days. We're just talking just in general, like just a little, just a little something, just a little something to put little the some, some. little some something to put the exclamation on the end of the sentence. That's all it is. I, I just, I'm with you, man. And, and it's it's interesting how people will view it. Valentine's Day, because, look, we think about this. It's the sweetest holiday of all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Almost three in five, according to a survey, actively dating Americans say dessert is a non-negotiable part of their dates. It shouldn't be 58%. It should be 100%. Are we talking, we're talking Valentine's, all right? Yes. Okay, on Valentine's, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like you can get away with not ordering dessert a bunch of the other time but not on valentine's Day. no on, on valentine's it, it is absolutely it's a requirement it is absolutely a requirement and if you don't order it 
I, I mean, I think you gotta you gotta move on. What's but, your what's your what's your favorite dessert if you're with your significant other, mm-hmm. whatever girlfriend, whatever? What is your favorite dessert on Valentine's Day? Six five one four six one nine two two six. I'm gonna tell you what my favorite one is. I'm single, mm-hmm. all right. But if I'm if I'm dating somebody, um, my favorite thing is at the end of dinner, if ice cream is available or an ice cream sundae, it comes to the table. I take the spoon, I feed them, and then I feed myself. Damn, look at you. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I know what I'm doing. See, we we get two forks and you just feed yourself. You feed yourself. We're we're, we're not into that luck room, mate. You, you can look wait, at wait, you. wait, wait, wait. Wait, you you're 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 too good to feed your your wife? No. Ice cream? No, but I'd probably spill it. So it's probably better off that she feeds herself and I feed myself. If, if you spill it, that means you don't care about her. I mean, <laughs> it just means I'm a klutzy idiot. That's all that means. I, w- I would go with chocolate cake. Like if there's a, a, okay. ch- a chocolate cake. But don't you have to feed your wife at least a little bit of the chocolate cake? No. 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 Why? You're not, tr- you're not trying to be romantic at all? You're not Mr. Romance. You're not Mr. Romance. You know, I and honestly, even when we were dating, I've never been like a super romantic guy. I, I, I tell, I never have. But what I what I appreciate, I'm Mr. Romance. <laughs> well, see, you you can be Mr. Romance for you know for the two of us. What I love about my wife is that she is one of these women who, like Valentine's Day, she just kind of shrugs her shoulders. She's like. We don't have to do anything special for Valentine's. Like we do, we do special things all throughout the, you know, all throughout the course of the year. So we would love to be able to do more. But well, yeah. now I give you that. Now I I, I do accept that, and I and I'm not trying to be hypocritical. No, 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 no. But I think that this whole like you got to go do get crazy with how you you know look at Valentine's. Yeah. It's like it's one day where they jack up all the price. Well, and, and I mean, I I understand, like especially if you're courting somebody. I got courting. I mean, what am I in the sixties? Cheapers. No, I, I still view it as courting. You still yeah. view it as courting, yeah, absolutely. Because okay. I do feel like there's got to be some etiquette when it comes to dating. Like th- this just can't be like a job interview, right? Like it, you can't just meet, interview. Date like to me, I feel like there's got to be a little gamesmanship. There's got to be a little little game, a little fun, right? Like that's all, that's all part of it. But Valentine's for a budding relationship, there's nothing better because you get a chance to go all out. Because some people really enjoy doing it, and if you enjoy doing it, hey, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. The 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 chocolate the flowers, the jewelry, the you know, the, the candy, whatever. Go nuts, knock yourself out. That's awesome. Me? I'm I went <laughs> I got some chocolate and I put it on the table and I'm like this is for my wife, this is for my daughter. I didn't even get a a card. I didn't even get a card. Because to me, greeting cards like what's the point? You're over- so wait, are you bitter because you didn't get a card? No, I'm I'm saying that I, I didn't get a card. Because, well, why did you bring it up? Well, I'm saying that, you know, some people go all out with cards. To me, I don't see the point of a card. I don't because they're overpriced. 
you open them up, you look at it for what twenty seconds if you even read it at all. And but then you get it, your wife a card though, right? No. Why not? No, I I just put some chocolate on the table and said, "Here, that's for you. That's for the kid. Knock yourself out. There's your supper." Wait, hold on, hold on. What you don't get your wife cards? Mm-mm. I mean, on her birthday. <laughs> Neither one of us is big on a card on is more personable than than chocolate. But a card is a waste of money. No, it's not. How no. is it a waste of money? You can put on the card how much you care and love your wife, your significant other, what you feel about them. You don't just have to put sign your name. You could put a little paragraph on there. You could think about the years that you've invested in your, I in can, your relationship. I, I can also tell it to her and in, in person. And I can text it to her yeah, as well. But they can keep that. Like, like, are, let me ask you this: How, Do you have any cards you've ever kept? I do. I don't know that I've got anything that I've kept. You don't have any cards you've ever kept. I don't think so. Oh yeah, I, I, see, I, I, I'm, I'm more sentimental. Than oh, you. see, because to me, like, you open up a card and you look at it really briefly, and then it sits there, and after a few days, you're like, "What do I do with it? What is the etiquette when you can throw away a card?" Well, I mean, hold on. You don't just keep cards for the sake of keeping them. You keep them if they mean something to you. Like, I feel like there's some sort of like a time period, though, like a, you know, maybe three or four days you have to keep it and no. then it's okay to no. throw it away. Nobody said that. Okay. Who, who's ever said that? Well, like, you don't have to do that. Well, I mean, you don't want to just get it and throw it away instantly because then I feel like that's rude. But to me, it's just wasting money because they're so overpriced anyway. Oh, I think you're undervaluing. All of this. Really? See, I, I, I think you're undervaluing Valentine's Day. Like, like, I, I think that t- to me. And this, this isn't me, like a bit or a gimmick. Like, this is. No, we're, this, this is, is a conversation. This is how we, this is how this, we live. This is, I, I think, I think, put it like this. I mm-hmm. think it's more possible to be able to get a card from somebody with, with how they feel or how I feel than to actually go out and buy. I can go buy a, a steak at Manny's whenever I want. Yeah. But you don't walk into you. You don't. You don't give a Valentine's Day card every day of the year. No, you don't. But I also don't buy chocolate every day of the year either. To me, I know that for me mm-hmm. and my situation, my wife would enjoy having that more than having a card. And I know my daughter would look at the card and she would be like, "Yeah, cool." I, I know. I think it's all about who you're giving it to. Yep. And what do they value? If they if if my wife was one of these women who's like, I love having cards. I love having all of this. Then I probably would. But she is just so chill and so low key that it's like, nah, we we don't have to. And I think my daughter sees that. Yep. And she's just like her mom. I got you. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather with Chief Meteorologist Paul Douglas. But last night, we had the high-stakes special election in New York. Some takeaways from that. We get to it next year on The Lake Show. Republicans right now, their calculations politically not making a whole lot of sense. And I think that there's something that must be talked about and discussed right now as we move forward in this big-time political year and an election year with the presidency on the line. 
what have we been talking about and hearing about the last few months? We keep hearing about the border. The border, 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 border. And then we're getting pushback about Ukraine getting more money and all this other stuff. This is the deal. With the special election that we saw last night, with George Santos's seat being open, and the Democrats winning that seat and flipping it, this whole thing about the border and not wanting to do a bipartisan border deal because everybody's saying that border security, that it's a big deal. It's a big issue, right? And we're talking about immigration. We're talking about all this stuff. The Republicans not wanting to do a deal and get a deal done when that's what everybody's talking about. What we found out since last night, it's not a winning issue for them. That stance is not a winning one. You're not going to win over voters. That's not going to happen. We legitimately, allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, because you never know in terms of the information that you're getting. In polling, we got to stop with the polling. Polling is, I just don't trust polls. I've said that to you guys the last they're couple ta- of years. They're talking points. They, they are. That's and, all they are. And, and with all due respect, I know that we're in the media. A lot of polls are propped up by members of the media and networks and outlets to try to skew storylines. Let's just be honest about that, okay? So I'm I'm never going to be one that's going to overly push polls. I'll pay attention to stuff and all of that. But to be definitive and say, oh, yeah, this is what, no, can't do that. But take a listen to this. Data Bash from CNN. She is talking about what several voters told her in the midst of everything that was going on with the special election because they did factor in the border security deal that didn't go through. I heard from voters that they were very, no, these are obviously um, very well-informed voters, but they they were at the polling station, they were voting early. And several of them said to me that they don't uh, want to vote for the Republican because it's clearly impossible to get a solution on the issue of immigration. They said border, uh, the border problem, the immigration issue, uh, the migrant issue in their district was the top issue for them. And that the fact that Republicans killed that bipartisan deal uh, put them over the edge to vote for Tom Swazi. All right, so so think about this for a second. We're not talking about just because this issue is just not about undecideds, right? There was another outlet. I can't remember what channel I was watching last night because I was fl- I was flipping around all, flipping all over. Stuff. But there there was there was it might have been Fox. It it might have been. I'm not sure, but there was one of the networks had somebody on, and they said that they talked to people that are Republican voters that didn't vote for the Republican based off of the not getting the uh, bipartisan border security deal. Think about that. You have traditionally identified as a Republican, right? 
you you identify as being super conservative and you care about this border security deal, right? And you care about immigrant, but you are not going to vote for the Republican. That this is not a winning issue for Republicans. I, I think that they thought that this is something that they can hang their hat on. I don't think it is. And I, I'll be honest with you. And I said this from day one. That when when Donald Trump said he basically said to the Republican Party, don't do this. Don't put, I will take care of it when I get back in or whatever. Right. I said I said then that's not the way to go about this. You can look at Trump and you can, you know, whatever, if you if you want to be part of everything that he's about and what he said. But to think that that's going to help people get reelected, I don't believe that's the case. It's the number one talking point for the Republican Party at this point. And if you're going to take that off the table, that's the last thing that they want, because this is the number one thing that they want to campaign on. And I think on its surface, if you go to your voters and you can say, well, look, there's no the Democrats aren't doing anything about it. They haven't passed any legislation. And yeah, this is all to placate Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, do not pass this bill because we don't want to give Joe Biden a win. Here is what I'm optimistic about. Henry. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how we phrased it. But this isn't a win for you. No. And, and that's and that's the problem. That is the problem right now, because I feel like you look at it on the surface and it's like, well, yeah, that we're still having a problem. However, people are starting to see the information below. They're digging one level below. Well, why? Why is this? Oh, because there was a bill and the Republicans blocked it. They blocked it. So you can't say, well, we got a problem. But there was a solution. And you backed off of the solution. You're basically saying, yeah, there's there's a problem. We got to fix this problem. Well, here's a solution. Well, hey, Donald Trump says don't fix it. So we're not going to fix it. That's not a winning angle. No, that, that's not. Like, I feel pe- like pe- people are starting. People to, can see through that. I feel like people are starting to pay attention a little bit. And that's the important – if people start paying attention, some of these talking points, they ring hollow. And if if the Democrats take this and become aggressive with it, because what Suara did – what he did is he became – he went in the offensive with the border issue, which was a really risky proposition. But you saw that it paid off. And Joe Biden said he's going to take this on the road. I just feel if, if if Donald Trump hadn't openly said, I don't want to win for Joe Biden, like you put that out there and it's going to have some sort of effect. And it's it's not having that same effect that maybe you would have thought. Some people are still going to look at it and say, well, yeah, Democrats didn't do anything. But you're maybe seeing some voters are looking past that. Well, look at this. I'm, I'm just going to look at some of the some of these uh, headlines here it says. Or storylines. If Republicans can't win on immigration in New York's third congressional district, where could they win on it? House Speaker Mike Johnson's thin GOP majority tightens again, um, and people are looking at him, and they're trying to figure out, should he be blamed with all of this? It's It has House Speaker Johnson downplays New York's special election loss. 
look, is this House Republicans trade blame over losing George Santos' seat as deep divisions over tactics persist? The point that I'm trying to make, and I stand by this, I'm not standing here saying that Republicans can't win any elections. That's not what I'm saying. They can. Okay? What I'm saying to you is clearly this. This is not a winning tactic. This is not a winning angle. People see through this, and they're not going to help you out when you're not trying to help the American people And and, and I think the Republicans are plan- were, and I feel like they still are looking at people just looking at this at the surface and not figuring out the why. It's like, again, like you're saying, to not look through it. It's like we're just going to look at it, and whatever you say, that's what's going on. But, yeah, but below it, it's going to be interesting because if you have to pivot, what's the next talking point? Like, what what is the next thing on the topic sheet? I don't know what that is. 651-461-9226. It's time for headlines. We do that next year on The Lake Show. All right, let's get into headlines here on The Lake Show. It's that time each and every night. Christopher Tubb is he's Takes a squig of his uh, flavored water. Oh, boy. Flavored water. Flavored water. It's clear. We don't know what's in that bottle. That's not healthy. It's good enough for me. It's not healthy. I'm the pinnacle I, of I health. didn't say it's good enough for you. I mean, pop is probably good enough for you. It's not healthy, though. This is the only I, I can't drink regular water, man. Regu- How could you? Maybe no, regular work, water maybe- is what keeps us alive. What are you talking about? You can't drink it. Read the hold on before we get in the headlines. Read the ingredients. No, no, no. Just read the ingredients. No, I. Why can you I, hand it to me? I want to read the ingredients. Okay, you can read the ingredients while I do headlines. I know it's not. I know it's not great. There. Carbonated water, citric acid, natural flavor, mm-hmm. potassium c- citrate, potassium benzoate, whatever preservative. Um, mm, preservative. What is this? Something, something also contains phenylalanine. Yeah, this this is, yeah. You can have it back. Man. I'm not trying to be a water snob. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be a water snob. I am particular about water. I watch, I look at all the water that I I buy. I'm Mm -hmm. learning more and more about water every single, because I typically will drink spring water or alkaline water, right? Okay. And so there's been times where they were like good waters I thought I was drinking. And then you see somebody's like, you'll see a, you, like a health fitness person be like, yeah, you can't drink this water. And you'd be like, well, why can't you drink that water? Oh, because they put sodium in their water. And then you take a look at it. Sodium's in there. My body, my choice. I, I, I'm with you. I'm Don't with you. you yeah. I'm not trying to shame you. <laughs> yeah, you are. I just want you to live, man. Long. <laughs> long life. Long it's life. A, it's, been a, it's been a run. Anyway, it's been a run. It's been it's been a run. It's been one hell of a run. It's been one hell of a run. Hey, the Humane Society of the Lakes is offering a way to get back at your ex while helping animals this Valentine's Day season. The Animal Rescue, based in Detroit Lakes, is joining the Humane Society's Neuter Your Ex campaign, which allows donors to name a litter box or soon-to-be neutered animal after their ex. For a ten dollars donation, we'll place their name on a litter box and let our cat answer nature's call on their name. This according to what the uh, organization advertises. A $50 donation allows you to name an animal, which will be spayed or neutered after an X. Get back at them while helping us care for animals. 
man, I I should probably put in a ten dollar donation, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you see? I'm the like show, baby. I'm all for helping animals. I'm a huge animal lover. But why would you want to burn an animal with the name of your ex? Like that's just. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I would pay fifty dollars to have a cat take a dump on my ex's name. Like, I mean, pff, who would want to do that? I mean, yeah, if got, I, yeah. I don't have an ex that I like. I don't have any bitterness towards. No, an ex. and I and I don't either. I don't either. It's it's just it's it's a running bit. I mean, it's been like twenty years, <laughs> you know. So it's. It's just part of the bit. I don't even know. It's like it is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. It's it's fun for me to talk about because nobody takes it seriously. But I would love to see a cat take a dump on that name. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Or is it a bit or not? Uh, not a bit. Hey, three sheriff's deputies in South Carolina have been arrested after they reported a dead body in what investigators said were hoax phone calls in four small towns. Now, uh, the Chesterfield County deputies were charged Monday with misconduct in office, criminal conspiracy, and aggravated breach of the peace, according to the warrants from the state law enforcement division. The agency identified the deputies, uh, four of them all under the age of 30. Five phone calls reporting a dead body were made either to a convenience store or to police February 4th in uh, four small towns all in the county, which is just about 75 miles northeast of Columbia, South Carolina. Now, the uh, deputies were booked at the uh, Chesterfield County Detention Center. Uh, In each case, officers and other emergency workers responded till it was determined the reports were not true, the warrant said. Investigators did not say why the phone calls were made or release any other information. Uh, They said prank calls happen all the time, but you don't expect it from cops, according to one of the residents. Mm. Because we're supposed to be calling them to help us out, I think it's messed up for this to happen like that. Yeah, this is not good. I mean, this is a bad look for law enforcement. Really bad. And and, and before anybody wants to text, why are you an, uh, you're anti-cop? No, no one's anti-cop. When you point out that something should not happen, all you're doing is that. You're pointing out that something should not happen. No one's saying that every cop is making prank calls. No, they are talking about three sheriff's deputies. Three. Who called about a dead body and said there's a dead body and there wasn't. That is a problem. Let's can I don't want to. I'm jumping the gun here. A little no, no, bit, no, 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 no. Jump, but jump. Look at their ages. Yeah, and that's what it's that, all that, for. That, that, under thirty. Yeah, that all kind of stands out to me. And I'm not trying to say that we don't have good cops that are that are young. But when I look at this and I see 28, 25, and 26, I'm not as surprised. Is what I'm saying. Now, if if the police officers were in their 40s, 50s, 60s, I'd be more shocked. But, like, in terms of the hoax, it's something that mm-hmm. they clearly should not have done. And hopefully this will be a teachable moment for them. Well, and you think about it, like, they're not – I don't know how you can get another job in law enforcement because you lose the trust, right? It's like the boy who cried wolf. All of a sudden, you may have something, and then you're calling, and guess what? Nobody's going to believe you. So I, this was com- incredibly, incredibly dumb. Hey, finally, uh, let's go down to the business one. William Bill Post, who helped create the Pop-Tart, died at uh, the age of 96. Oh, man. Yeah, he, uh, he said, he's like, hey, we have this idea, like a piece of a pie, the shape, the slice of a bread, fork marks around the edge, two pieces of dough with some filling in it. He recalled in a promotional video, 
And hey, how about we put that in a toaster? And then uh, I, I love what he said at the end. He's like, just try anything. There's no idea that's too crazy. If somebody tells you you can't do it, show them you can. Look, the original test run, 45,000 cases of each flavor. Mm-hmm. First sold in Cleveland, it blew off the shelves. How about that? I know. How many times have you burned your mouth on a Pop-Tart? Uh, not many. Really? No. Oh. I like Pop-Tarts. I haven't had a pop pop tart though probably in like a decade. Yeah, I I haven't either. In all seriousness, all right. Coming up next here on the show, a new dating app tells me that we do not want to truly live and learn. We we'll get to that next year on the Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 